We end tonight with one of the most potent powers on earth. It can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20 and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself, and I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience of one. Steve Hartman, CBS News, Minneapolis. For all you've done for me. Hey, let's uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, if you would, please. As I promised last week, we're going to talk about forgiveness and uh, kind of carry on where we left off last week. Just to, to remind where we were last week, we ended the book of Micah and Micah, he ended, uh, he ended the book on this, on this theme here, that who is a God like you? And he talked about the fact that there was no other God. That there, as we sang, there's no rival, no equal, that he was the good shepherd, that he 
pardons our sin, that he forgives. In fact, not only that, but it said that, that he treads our sins underfoot and he hurls them into the depths of the sea. And we talked about how deep that is. That's pretty deep. The depths of the sea, seven miles down. And he made a way for you and I to be reconciled, to be forgiven. He made that way. He made it through the cross, of course, and, and through his son Jesus that we might be forgiven. Now today, kind of going on from that, because really we, we could stop there, but really it, it, there's another side to that that I think we need to understand. First and foremost, it's the cross. There's no, no question about it. First and foremost, it begins at the cross, and, and this is the place where we are forgiven. Matthew said that, and Jesus said, this is, the blood of my this, is the, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. So at the cross, when he shed his blood, it was so that you and I could be forgiven. It starts there. It always begins there. Ephesians, he said, Paul says, in him, that is in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So we have been forgiven. How? By the grace of God, by this, this free gift that he's given to us, this forgiveness that God has poured out upon us by the shedding of the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And so we have been forgiven. You and I, if we have received Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. They're, they're cleansed. They're washed. They're, they're, they're as, uh, as uh, Micah said, you know, hurled into the depths of the sea. So we have been forgiven. And, and the, the second thing that we want to talk about is do we forgive others? What does that have to do with anything here? And, and it's, you know, it's more like this. Me forgive them. I don't know if you've ever said that, but I've said that. I've thought that for sure. Me forgive that person for what that person has done to me? Well, you know, we, we're human, of course. You can say, you know, God has a different program. God forgives us. And, and, uh, but, you know, we're human, and, and for us to forgive other people, I don't know about that. But, but we, have to, we have to go back to what the Bible says about it. We don't, we don't base how we live as believers just on what I think, you know, just what I feel, just what I want to do or don't want to do. It's, it's way more than that. It's what the Bible says about it. So we're going to look at some of the Bible's verses about that today. But I found a pretty cool definition about forgiveness that I want to read to you. Uh, here it is. This is by a guy named Ron Edmondson, and he's a pastor in Kentucky. He says this about forgiveness. He says, forgiveness is a releasing of emotional guilt that you place upon the other person. It's a choice. It happens in the heart. It's not, and listen carefully, it's not a release of responsibility or an absence of healthy boundaries. It doesn't even mean justice, legal or eventual, is removed from the situation. It is, however, a conscious choice to remove the right to get even from the person 
who injured you. It's a release of anger and any bitterness or grudge. It's a release of any of anger and any bitterness or grudge. That's a pretty good definition of forgiveness, that we extend that forgiveness to other people. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 and, and verses 31 and 32. What does it say there? He says there, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That's one thing that he says there, but he doesn't stop there, and he goes on to talk in verse 32. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I couldn't help but make the connection between verse 31 and 32 about this idea of bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, malice. Those are the kinds of things when people have hurt us, those are the kinds of things that, that, that we feel towards them. On the screen it says there, Colossians 3, Paul says a very similar thing in a, in a different book. He says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. There is certainly a connection. He says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I, I want to ask the question, is it easy what we're talking about here today? Isn't it an easy thing to forgive other people? It's probably, I think it's probably one of the hardest things that God asks us to do. You know, it's, and, and we, could, we could go on and on, and, and perhaps you're thinking right now of, of situations in your own life and things that have happened in your own life where you have been hurt and people have really, uh, really done things to you and hurt you. You know, there have been people in, in all of our lives there have been people in my life who have hurt me very, very deeply. But I have a choice. I have a choice now. I can either be bitter and angry and think about revenge and think about how I can get back and hurt them, or I can forgive. I can forgive and, and, and let go of the punishment. See, we think we're going to punish them. And, and, and again, this issue, I'm just really going to scratch the surface here of this today because, because there's so many other questions. Well, what if they don't ever say, I'm sorry? What, what if they're already dead? You know, one of the worst in my life is my father, and he's dead. So if I'm unforgiving towards my father, is that hurting him any? No. I don't think so. Who's it hurting? It's hurting me. And I can, never, I can never punish him because he's not even here anymore. So there's so many things involved in this and in the, in the way we live our lives and, and the people around us. And again, as the, as the definition he said there, it doesn't, it doesn't remove responsibility or an absence of healthy boundaries. It doesn't release those things. But what goes on within us? 
what goes on within me, what God is asking me to do as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. Someone said this, it's better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain and let bitterness take root and poison the rest of our life. That's what it does, you know. That's what, that's what unforgiveness does. It poisons our lives. And, and again, who, who's, who's it hurting the most? It's hurting the most me. Again, it doesn't negate the hurt. It doesn't negate the sin. But, but I think, in, in a sense, forgiveness, forgiveness actually requires, uh, you know, acknowledging that it was sin, that it was wrong. Right? Do you understand what I say, what I mean by that? To forgive someone means that you're acknowledging that they did something wrong. Now, again, this is what's going on within me, within you, within us, towards other people, because they may or may not repent. They may or may not want to get it right. But, but it sets you and I free. I like this quote. He says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover, discover that the prisoner was you. You know, I'm the one that's bound up by it. There's a, a, a writer, her name is Denise George, and, and one, of, one of her friends told her, she said to her, Denise, you need to forgive her. She said, you don't want to live your life with the weeds of unforgiveness and bitterness growing in your heart. She said, you must choose to forgive her even though she purposely hurt you. And if you decide not to forgive her, you're the one imprisoned in the past, not her. You'll suffer, not her. That's just the way it is. We get imprisoned by the unforgiveness, by the hatred, by the anger, by the bitterness, by the rage. This is what Jesus is talking about. I'm, I'm, I can't help but re be reminded, too, when we, when we think about the Lord's Prayer. And how many of you were taught the Lord's Prayer when you were young? Right? And, and in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? Forgive us, forgive us our debts. What? As we forgive our debtors. There's some connection here as well. I want to, not only the bitterness and the rage, but then there's something that happens, some transaction that takes place. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. They kind of go together. Now, that's not the, that's not the forgiveness that we receive to become right. children of God, Right? Because that would make it a, a works, right? A works relationship where you can't be saved until you forgive every, anybody and everybody who's ever hurt you. If that, if that was the case, we, that would be works, right? We would have to do something to be saved. But, but no, we're forgiven of our sins. It's a free gift. All we do is receive it. But then it's kind of going on from there. This, the, do you ever sin after you become a believer? Yes? Well, some of you, <laughs> some of you have, you know, moved on. There is that sinless perfection thing that, you know, cult, cult. So, so we still do things wrong, but he's saying here that, that they go together for us to be forgiven for our, 
for our current things that are going on, there's, our, there's something connected to us forgiving other people. And it's, it's this connection that, you know, to f- forgive other people as we realize that we also need forgiveness. Because when we say, I'm not going to forgive you, that's, that's wrong, that's bad, we're saying that we're now above you, and I do nothing wrong, and I do nothing bad. So, you see, there's a, there's a, a thing that happens on there, maybe. And, and then we, we say, well, I do things bad, but maybe not as bad as what you did. I'm not sure about that either. A couple of verses away in Matthew chapter 4, though, Jesus said, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's kind of uh, radical, isn't it? That's kind of crazy. In other words, our, our own forgiveness is being blocked when we're refusing to forgive somebody else. That's not the way I would set up the system. Would you set it up that way? No. I can be unforgiving as long as I want to, but I need all the forgiveness I can get. But I'm not going to give it to anybody else. But God says, no. The Father, Jesus says, the Father will not forgive your sins if you're not willing to forgive someone else. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? That's kind of putting us in a position, don't you think? God's putting us in a position where my forgiveness is now dependent, not my forgiveness to be a child of God, as I've already said, but my ongoing, my current forgiveness situation, my fellowship that is with God and me is now dependent on whether I'm willing to release the others that are around me from things that they have done to me. That's kind of putting me in a position where now I have to, if I want to walk close to God, if I want to have this open relationship and, and this, you know, this f- freedom between me and him, that there are things that I need to face and I need to deal with one way or another. And forgiveness against those people that have hurt me. Crazy, isn't it? I don't want it to be that way, but that's the way it is. Again, what are we going to base it upon? Are we going to base it upon what the world says? You know, if somebody does something to you, what do you do to them? You get back, yeah. That's it. Forgive. Getting back to that statement that uh, we read in Colossians, And also here in Ephesians, where it says that we should forgive just as in Christ God forgave you. It said, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I I had to think about that because how did the Lord forgive us? He said, forgive as the Lord forgave you, like he did. How did he do that? And and when I thought about that, you know, it's not, Jesus didn't say, well, I forgive you. You know, we teach our kids, right, when they're little, uh, to say sorry when they do something against, you know, when they do stuff to each other. And then, and then we teach the other one to say what? I forgive you. And then we can do that. We can just say, oh, I forgive you. It's no big deal. But for the Lord to forgive us, forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did he forgive us? Well, three things that I thought of here 
Number one, it was at personal cost. Right? At personal cost. It cost him to forgive us. And the cost was what? The cross was death. The cross, the cost was the cross, which meant death. And in, in a sense, and, I, and I'm thinking about this, you know, for you and I to forgive some of those people that have hurt us very deeply, there's a, there's a sense of, of, of us dying to ourselves. There's a sense of us, you know, dying. Before I'm willing to forgive that person, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather die than forgive that person. Well, the thing is, we need to die so we'll be able to forgive that person sometimes, right? And Jesus, you know, it talks about that in the gospel, you know, that we would pick up our cross daily. And the cross, again, is an instrument of death, that we die. I die daily, Paul talks about. So there's this personal cost. And again, we ask the question, is it easy? No, it's not easy. And, you know, for, for little things, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but something that has been very deeply hurting to us, hurtful to us, there's going to be some cost, some personal dying in, our, in, 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 in ourselves. The second thing about how did the Lord forgive us is that it was to the undeserving. Isn't, isn't that true? How many of you deserved for him to forgive you? How many of you deserved, and that's what, that's what the definition of grace is, right? Getting something that we don't deserve. That's what grace is. And so he forgave us, and we were completely undeserving. And so for us to forgive someone else, forgive as the Lord forgave you, to forgive them, are they deserving of forgiveness? No, they're not. They did something horrible. They don't deserve anything. They don't deserve. But the truth is, what did you and I deserve from the Lord? Nothing. We're, while we were sinners, Christ died for us, it says. So it doesn't, it, you know, well, when they finally, uh, you know, say they're sorry and they reform their ways and they get all right and good and everything is good and they actually, you know, make up for it in some way, then I will forgive them, right? In some cases, in fact, probably most cases, that will never happen. That will never happen. They're, not gonna, they're never going to get to the place where they deserve for you and I to forgive. Never. It's not going to happen. Don't hold your breath. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive in the same way the Lord forgave you at personal cost and to the undeserving. But the third thing, and this is probably the hardest thing, it's agape, right? Love. John 3, 16. For God so agape loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So there's a sense that, that we can't even do it. This agape love is, is a love that goes beyond human love. It's a, it's a God kind of love. And so for you and I, and, I, and I'm totally convinced of this, especially, in, and I know some of your stories, and I know my own story, that some of it is so deep that you can't possibly forgive without God's help, Amen. without God's empowering you with agape love to actually forgive. Only with his help. So we pray. We pray and we ask him for help. And 
The thing is, he understands the process, you see. He understands the cost. He understands the way. How? Because he did it. That's what he, that's what he did. He forgave us. He took the path, the cross. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Another uh, passage uh, in the Gospel of Luke is this idea of again and again. Uh, Jesus said, watch yourselves. He said, if your brother sins, rebuke him. So there's some place for rebuking, right? And, and speaking to the truth of what that person did. It says, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, you say, no, the first time was okay, but forget it after that, right? Is that what he said? No, he said, forgive him again. Seven times? No, I think seven times is too many. Maybe once. You see, the truth is we, we're, we're stuck at one. We can't even forgive at one. But now he, Jesus is saying he's, he's raising the bar to seven. Seven? Seven times comes back to you and, and says, I repent, forgive him. I like what the next verse says. Uh, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. That was their response when he said, forgive him seven times. Increase our faith. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do that. It's just not even possible. It's not even possible. Matthew 18, how many times Peter turned to Jesus and, and asked, Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? How many, up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but, and the, and the translation isn't clear, is it 70 times seven or 77 times? Either way, 77 or 490 How many of you are going to be able to do that? You can barely forgive me for going over on a Sunday morning. No, no. I'm not sure I'm coming back next week. He went like two minutes over. I remember, that reminds me of a story. I remember being in England and we were there, this is a long, long time ago, and, and we had this missionary come to the church and, and it was fast, it was incredible. He was uh, uh, ministering where the Khmer Rouge were and, and all this stuff was going on and, and he went like 10 minutes over. This is to, to set it up in case I ever go over again. And, 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 and the pastor went to the, to, to the door, you know, to say goodbye to people like all good pastors do, and I do every now and then. And, and uh, these little old ladies come up and they said, oh, pastor, thanks for the burnt offering. And the reason they say that is because in England, on Sunday, they would put their roast into the oven and have it set on the timer so that as soon as church is over, they go home, take it out of the oven and eat. And so this little old gal, and I, was, I heard her say this, thanks for the burnt offering. <sighs> Can you believe that? <laughs> 70 times 7. We can't do it. Can't do it. You know, this is real life stuff, people. I'm sorry, but this is real life stuff in relationships, in all kinds of relationships, because that's what we got to do. We got to get along. We got to deal with people. 
you know, if we're married, we've got to deal with these things. And it's the little stuff that happens, right? You've got to forgive about the little stuff. And then the big stuff, the big things that happen, man, I don't know. Someone said this, though, a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. There's a lot of forgiving that needs to take place in relationships. A lot of forgiving. Because if not, and you're just, you know, storing up all this stuff, well, you know, you did this and you did that. And as soon as something else happens, it, it all gets brought back up again. There was this guy, and it says that he complained to his buddy that whenever he argued with his wife, she got historical. And his friend said, you mean hysterical? No, historical. She dredges up the past, reminds me of every time I failed her in the past. There's a lot of forgiving that needs to take place in this life. Otherwise, you and I are going to carry this junk around. And with God's help, we've got to let it go. We've got we to gotta ask for that agape. We've got to die to ourselves. Why do we forgive? little re... re uh, whatever the word is. We've been forgiven. Review. There we go. I, I had the first part. We've been forgiven. It sets us free. And God's word tells us to. Why should we forgive? Those are pretty good reasons, I think. And again, it doesn't negate what they did. It doesn't mean you go back for more. It doesn't mean that distance is required in, in certain situations. Absolutely. The example that we had on the screen, and I got one more for you, you know, they, they actually, you know, this relationship changed. And they lived next door to each other in that clip. And in another clip, they actually became like friends. But that isn't always the case. It just happens to be the two examples that I have for you today. That's what happened. But that isn't always the case. But that doesn't keep us from forgiving the person within myself. This guy that gave the definition, it was kind of interesting. He, he wrote some... Uh, some tests to determine if we've forgiven. You know, well, you can say I've forgiven, but he said, well, there, there's ways to kind of check yourself to see if you really have. And he had five different things, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, the first one, number one is the first thought test. When that person, the thought of that person first comes to your mind, like, what are you thinking? Like, kill. You know, I, he says, I don't think you've forgiven if that's the case. <laughs> The second thing, an opportunity to help them test. If they actually had a need, would you actually help them? The third was your general thoughts test. A lot of it has to do with what goes on inside up here, right? What are you thinking? Can you think anything good about that person? The revenge test, is that still like the failure test? Are you just wanting that person to fail? I just want them to go down. He says, and if you're struggling to pass the test, these five tests, don't beat yourself up. Pray about it and ask God to continue to work Amen. on your heart. I think, I believe, and I know this personally, I believe that it's an ongoing thing. 
It's a process, too. It doesn't just, you know, I forgive my dad for how wicked he was, how horrible he was, what he did, and then I'm all better forever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm thinking these thoughts, like, if he was here, I would just, like, punch him. And I seriously think that I would, like, I would, like, knock him out. Oh, I guess I need to forgive. I guess I need to get back to that place of forgiving again and get it right again. Because who's carrying that around? Again, it's not bothering him at all. So, I don't know about you, but, you know, there, there probably is a short list of those people that have really hurt us badly and people we just need to forgive because it's, it's hurting our walk. It's hurting our relationship with God. And maybe it isn't even now. Maybe it's something that will happen in the future. You know, we never know. Maybe there are people that you need to forgive. Maybe it's something that you need to, to be thinking about and, and ask God about. Pray about it. Ask God, you've got to help me. I've got to do something about this. It's killing me. It's eating me up. So I want to close with a video, and I'll come back and we'll pray. Uh, this is about... Uh, Matthew West is a musician who... He, he, he went around and he, and he asked people for their stories and, they, and he just gathered all these stories and he got this one story about, about this gal who uh, forgave. And so he wrote a song about it, but it, it gives her story and, and also the uh, uh, a part of the song too. And that's the words that you got with your bulletin there. Those are the words for the song. So some of the song will be up there and you can and kind of follow along with it. So let's, let's go ahead and, and listen to that. It's a little bit long, but um, I think you'll like it, and then we'll close in prayer and, uh, and worship. This one story in particular has had a profound impact on me. It's about a woman who did the impossible, and it made me ask myself if I could do the same. Renee had four kids. Two of her daughters were twins. Megan was coming home from the beach one night with her best friend when their car was struck by a drunk driver named Eric, a 24-year-old kid. Megan lost her life. Eric killed both girls that were in the car. Renee lost her daughter in an instant. Megan is um, a very joyful child and had a heart of gold, beautiful, loved people, loved her family, um, just a joy of my life. And um, when she was 20 years old, on May 11, 2002, my sister-in-law came to the door to tell me that um, Megan had been in a car accident and she didn't make it. You know, my heart was so broken and I looked at her and said, no, you're kidding. And, you know, still looking for her to tell me that, that she's, this is not really true, that Megan wasn't coming back home. Next thing she knows, she finds herself in a courtroom watching this young man, this 24-year-old man, get sentenced to 22 years in prison. After Renee lost her daughter, she said she found herself in the darkest place she'd ever been. This guy Eric was behind bars, but she said she felt like the prisoner. Why? Because she had all this bitterness and hatred built up towards that young man. And so, she reached out and did the impossible. She reached out to Eric in prison and said, I forgive you. The ripple effects of that act of forgiveness are still being felt today. That young man's life was absolutely changed because this woman forgave him. He said, I can't even forgive myself, and she forgave me. 
One by one, all of Renee's family members followed her lead and they reached out and expressed forgiveness to Eric. So much so that now they describe Eric as part of their family, like a son to Renee. The story doesn't stop there though. Renee went to the courts along with her family and she was able to have Eric's sentence cut in half from 22 years to 11 years. He told me that day, the, the day of the hearing, that it didn't matter at this point. He said, you know, if, if the judge does not grant this for me, I want you to know that I am so grateful that you are willing to do this. And um, he said, and I will be okay. He said, I'll, I'll be fine. But I'm just, I, he was blown away by the fact that we were willing to go before the judge and, and you know, plead for him to not have to be there for 22 years. give away the last thing on your mind today and it always goes to those who don't deserve it's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they cause is just too real takes everything you have to say the word forgiveness i was more than angry at eric I had so much rage inside of me, and yet the moment that I was able to look Eric in his eyes and tell him that I forgive him, you know, that was a moment that healing began for both of us. It's always anger's own worst enemy. And even when the jury and the judge say you got a right to hold a grudge, it's the whisper in your ear saying, set it free. Forgiveness. A judge and a jury telling you that it's okay to hold a grudge you know that's what the world says it's okay for you to feel that way which it is but yet those feelings they're inside of you eating away at you and and you don't want to live your life that way people who are not going to ever have someone say to them, I'm sorry for what I did, or I take responsibility for what I did, and you still have to forgive if you want to heal. It can even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Forgiveness. You're not letting go of what happened. You know, it is wrong. It, it should never have happened. It is not okay. It doesn't mean that you're canceling any of that out. But once you are able to say those words and truly mean it, you know, um, then you do find that you're setting a prisoner free and the prisoner truly is you. Oh, yeah. Forgive me.
I was immediately inspired by Renee's story when I read it, but it took me a while to write her song. I kept her story in my guitar case for about two years, and I realized the reason why it was so difficult to write this song, Forgiveness, is because it's kind of hard to live that out. That's why the words of the chorus are sung in the form of a prayer. God, show me how. Help me to do the impossible. This story of forgiveness really makes me think that there's some pretty life-defining questions that all revolve around that one word, forgiveness. Questions like, is there somebody that I need to forgive, that I've been holding on to a grudge and it's weighing me down, every step's getting heavier and I just need to set it free? Another question is, is there someone that I need to go and uh, ask for forgiveness from? To say, I'm humbling myself, I'm sorry, no excuses, can we start over? Another forgiveness question, one that Eric has had to deal with in prison is, can I ever forgive myself? What if loving the unlovable means having to learn how to love that person you see when you look in the mirror? Sometimes that's not an easy task, which really leads to the most significant forgiveness question of all, and it's this. Have I ever let it really sink in? The message of God's forgiveness, what He's done for me through His Son Jesus dying on a cross for my sins. Renee stood before that judge, along with all of her family members, taking turns, speaking on behalf of a guilty criminal and seeking mercy for him. I'm reminded that somebody has done that for me, somebody has done that for you, and his name is Jesus. For God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he do that? So that our stories could discover the healing the victory, the redemption, the power, the freedom of one word, forgiveness. Amen. Yeah, that's good. I like that. All right, let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your grace to us, that you forgave us, that you poured out your love upon us and we were undeserving and you've given us forgiveness. You've washed us, you've cleansed us of our sins against you, our sins in this world. But you're also asking us to forgive others and to let go. That you're big enough to deal with it, that you will take care of whatever needs to be taken care of and, and we need to trust you with the results, trust you with people's lives in the future. We're not God, you are. So we need to let it go and give it to you and, and forgive others as you forgave us. Father, it's, for, for many of us, it's deep, it's painful. We have no way to do it on our own, so we ask you to help us to, to do the impossible, as he said, to forgive, to let go, to let go of the punishment, the pain, the bitterness, and the hate, and the anger. I pray even now, as maybe some are in this room that are thinking and saying, I could never do that, I pray you'd give them the ability to do that. Even now, even here, today. But most of all, we, we thank you, Jesus, that you, that you died for us, you forgave us. 
Maybe there's someone here today who've never, never received that forgiveness. If that's you, you can pray right along with me here now and say, Jesus, I need forgiveness. I've sinned against you. I'm lost without hope. So come into my life and, and be my Lord and be my Savior today. Father, I pray that you would set us free through the power of forgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?